Really good to see you all here tonight. My name is uh, Netani, um, and I'm in a bit, bit of a state of limbo at the moment, having just finished uh, as a ministry of, uh, trainee last month, but not a student minister yet until next month. So feel free to label me how, however you like. Uh, either way, it's a great privilege to be able to open up uh, God's Word with you tonight. So please keep Luke chapter 2 open uh, as we make our way through that and as you test what I say against God's Word. But as we look at it, uh, let me pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, help me uh, not to get in the way of your word, but speak to us powerfully and clearly by it, so that we might grow in our understanding of who Jesus is. We pray, Father, for open minds and humble hearts as we listen to what you have to say, and then move us to a right response. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I love babies. Cuteness is a powerful thing. I have what you might call an abundance of baby cousins. And so at our family gatherings, maybe at yours too, uh, babies become the center of attention. And so they're passed around from person to person, maybe to the annoyance of the parents. But there is a contagious joy when little ones are in the room. You see everyone's guard drop, and you see grown men pulling funny faces. You see... Grown-ups who don't usually get along together play with a baby together, and people less stressful or forgetting the stresses temporarily. And so people tend to react funny or overreact when babies are around. A big part of the excitement over the Christmas time or Christmas story is that it's about a baby in a manger with smiling animals and expectant visitors. The danger, though, is that we may miss the main point. Who the baby is and just how special he is. And so as we look at Simeon and Anna's story, we'll see the response to the baby isn't due to how cute he is, but due to who he is. And so in looking at this passage, we'll ask one important question. What is so special about this child? And so we'll answer this by looking at who he is, what he will do, and then the response we should have. So you can follow along in your sermon outline. Now, in our current sermon series of Encounters with Jesus from Luke's Gospel, tonight's passage is a bit unique. It's an encounter with Jesus as a baby. In Luke 2, Jesus has just been born. And having an angel announce your birth is already a sign that you're something special. So point one, who is this child? Because actually, those who are told about his birth don't seem particularly special. We have a childless old priest... We have a young virgin girl from Galilee and some shepherds on a hill in Bethlehem. But now, after the birth, Simeon is about to have an encounter. So look with me at verse 25. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation, and the Holy Spirit was on him. So right from the start, we're told some pretty significant things about Simeon. Under all accounts, he is a faithful Jew. He is righteous, so right with God. He is devout, devoted to God. He's looking forward to Israel's consolation, so waiting on God. And finally, the Spirit is on him, chosen by God. So Simeon is part of a faithful remnant of God's people who have continued to rely on him and humbly serve him. And this is how Simeon was right with God. Simply, he trusted him. And now he's waiting on him. Because over many painful years in exile and under foreign rule, 
Many in Israel longed for a special promise of God to be fulfilled, the promise of consolation. What consolation? Well, to be consoled means to be comforted, right? To be given relief. Hear what God says through the prophet Isaiah centuries before. This is on your sermon outline, Isaiah 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and announce to her that her time of forced labor is over. Her iniquity has been pardoned and she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. This is the consolation Simeon and many others were looking forward to. Not a freedom from military oppression, but freedom from slavery to sin. And God was going to provide a way to pardon iniquity and deal with sin and its effects once and for all. And it all points to this child Simeon is about to meet. So let's look at the next verse, verse 26. It had been revealed to Simeon, to him, by the Holy Spirit, that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Now, the Messiah is a kind of mysterious figure mentioned throughout the Old Testament. He is God's chosen or anointed one. Genesis 49 says he will be from the line of Judah. 2 Samuel 7 says he will be a king to reign from David's throne. Daniel 7 says his rule will not pass away. And so the anticipation builds, many prophecies to fulfill, and much, much expectation. Now, having made Simeon a personal promise, God's Spirit now guides him to where he would meet the Messiah. And as he's led into the temple complex, a place full of crowds and noise, there happens to be a poor young couple there with their child, Jesus In obedience to Jewish ceremonial law, they have taken their son to be presented at the temple. And it's at this moment that Simeon approaches. He can barely contain himself. Look at what he does, verse 28. Simeon took him, the baby, up in his arms, praised God, and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your slave in peace, as you promised. Simeon is brimming with joy. He takes the child from his parents, he lifts him up above his head and praises God. And what has Simeon recognized? Well, firstly, God's faithfulness. God has kept his promise to him. Simeon had been promised that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Now with this child in his arms, Simeon has seen the one who is Lord over death. In fact, he's so overjoyed that he can say, verse 29, he is happy to die now. How can he say this? Well, he speaks as someone who doesn't fear death anymore because the one who saves us from death is here. So he's content for God to dismiss him in peace. And so the second thing Simeon recognizes is that he is face to face with the one who will crush the head of the serpent, Genesis 3.15, the king from David's line and the Messiah that Isaiah has been talking about, the one to whom all people would gather. And God has been preparing for this Savior to come in the presence of all peoples. Verse 31. His plan of salvation has always included all nations, not just Israel. And how thankful should we be, those of us not of Jewish heritage? Because look at verse 32. This child is a light for revelation to the Gentiles, to the non-Jews. He will open the eyes of those in darkness those who were previously foreigners to the covenant promises of God. But he is also the glory of the people of Israel because he is from the line of Abraham, 
Judah, and David. And as Mary and Joseph have shown, obedient to the Jewish law from birth. And God has used his chosen people then to bring about his chosen king, a king for all nations. And so Simeon has recognized some amazing things about Jesus here. He sees that Jesus fits all these different things that were foretold. But this, this makes me wonder, what was everyone else in the temple doing while this was happening? Didn't they know who was there? Didn't they know what was happening in their midst? And so at times, when we don't recognize something important is happening or someone important is there, it can be a bit foolish. I, uh, I don't follow the rugby league very closely. It's uh, not very Tongan. But I, I can recognize certain players if I were to see them in person. Uh, in fact, over the past few years, I've bumped into players like Paul Gallen, uh, Michael Jennings, Ben Barber, Brayton Astor, uh, just in the shopping mall. And all those names might not mean anything to you, but that's, that's part of the point. As I've seen these guys around, people around them haven't recognized them at all. A friend of mine pushed past Braith Anasta in a cafe that we were at. I think we have a photo of Braith Anasta here. Uh, and I was like, bro, don't you know who that is? No. NRL player? No. Braith Anasta used to play for the Roosters? Nothing. We're not friends anymore. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. But have you met someone famous without knowing it? only to realize later who they were. I'm sure you guys know plenty of famous people that I would not recognize at all, and you would be shocked at my ignorance. But when it comes to recognizing Jesus, the stakes are much higher. The things that Simeon reveals about him are not immediately obvious, but if we know and understand our Old Testament, then we would quickly recognize how amazing Simeon's words are. Because on the flip side, if we don't pay much attention to the Old Testament, then we're at risk of not recognizing the most important person to ever walk the earth. When was the last time you were excited about the Old Testament? When was the last time you saw Jesus in the Old Testament? Or even more simply, when was the last time you read the Old Testament? But we'll come back to this later. Because point one, this child is so special because he is the one all the Old Testament points to. He is the one that gives the Old Testament meaning and the one who fulfills its prophecies. But there is another side to this child's destiny, the second reason he is so special, what he will do. Because while he does bring salvation, he brings something else too. Simeon's next words come as stark contrast to what he had said earlier in praise to God. Because he turns to Mary and says, look with me, verse 34, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel, and a sign to be opposed. Did you catch that? This child will bring division, opposition. I'm uh, guessing you didn't have any of that in your Christmas cards recently. I've, uh, I've brought some samples along. We have Jesus, our gift from God. We have light of the world. We have Merry Wolfmas with a pug on it. It's a bit random, but it's pretty cool. We have Jesus, Prince of Peace. No Prince of Division. No King of Opposition. But this is exactly what Simeon is saying about this child. And so why, why will Jesus do this? Because he will call people to repentance and faith. 
He will call people to turn from sin or suffer God's right anger. And so he will be a stumbling block for some, but a rock and refuge for others. And with this division, some will rise and some will fall, because he will humble those who exalt themselves, and he will exalt those who humble themselves. And we see this throughout the Gospels. Jesus confronting the hypocrisy of the self-righteous and bringing good news to the poor. Later in Luke's Gospel, Jesus would preach using these words from Isaiah 61, also on your sermon outline. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. After this, Jesus rolls up the scroll and says, Today, as you listen, this scripture has been fulfilled. And this obviously enrages many who were listening to him because of what he was claiming about himself. And so Jesus would continue to face opposition and rejection. So Simeon's words to Mary then affirmed that her son would face suffering, suffering to the point of death, a death that would cause her anguish and heartbreak, a death that would reveal the depths of human sin and need, and a death that would actually be at the very center point of his salvation and judgment. So at first, it may be surprising, but as we're finding in our sermon series so far, we must recognize Jesus for who he really is as the scriptures show. Not just meek and mild, but as king and judge. And this is the second reason why the child is so special, because of what he will do. Our response then is what we come to next, point three. Simeon is simply led to praise. But there is another response in our passage. Because while Simeon's meeting Jesus, another unknowingly important figure is in the temple at the same time. She is similar to Simeon in one significant way. Verse 39, she has been waiting. Looking forward to how God will save his people. Now, Luke gives some details about her before mentioning her character and devotion as well. So let's look at verse 36. There was also a prophetess, Anna, a daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was well along in years, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and was a widow for 84 years. In a time when God seemed to have been silent, Anna was a prophetess, one who spoke for God. She's a daughter of Fenuel of the tribe of Asher. Maybe Anna was well known or maybe Fenuel was, but ever the historian, Luke states the specifics about her occupation and her status, her family and her tribe. But maybe of more significance, Anna has been a widow for 84 years. After only seven years of marriage, her husband passes, and so this would make her 100 years old. In biblical times, but also today, to be a widow was a hardship that meant heavy reliance on others, on family, on community. And so Anna was in this state for 84 years. But it's her dependence on God that we should take note of. Look at verse 37. She did not leave the temple complex, serving God night and day with fasting and prayers. Like Simeon, Anna is devout. She spends all her time in God's dwelling place, serving him night and day by praying and by fasting. So the example of these two characters then continues to show that the right response to a faithful God is faith. 
And now God was about to put his faithfulness on full display for Anna. Verse 38. At that very moment, when Simeon was meeting Jesus, we presume, she, Anna, came up and began to thank God and to speak about him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Now, it's a bit unclear whether Anna actually meets Jesus, but at the very least, she saw him. Immediately, her response is to thank God. Why? Because she recognizes who the child is, the one Israel has been waiting for. And this is really, really important. If we want to understand just how special Jesus is, we have to understand just how long many have waited for him. So flashback. At the close of the Old Testament, Israel is in a hopeless and miserable state. God had made amazing promises to Abraham and to David of land, people, and blessing, and a king to rule over all. But after King Solomon's reign, things quickly crash and burn. God's people were unfaithful to a God who was faithful to them. Even coming out of traumatic exile, Israel are ruled by foreign powers. The Persians, and then the Greeks, and then the Egyptians, and then the Romans. And so under brutal oppression, God's promises from long ago are a distant memory. Life for God's people is extremely difficult. For 400 years, the time in between the Old Testament and the New Testament, God seems silent. No prophets, no miracles, no sign of a savior. Imagine how that would feel. Imagine the temptation to give up, the temptation to turn from God. Yet, during this dark time of Israel's history, there were those who clung to the promise of redemption. And Simeon and Anna are among those who longed for this. And so perhaps in the same excitement that Simeon lifted up the baby and praised God, Anna went around telling others that the Messiah was finally here. She speaks to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem, all who have been longing for consolation. And if Jesus is the one who fulfills the hopes and dreams of Israel, how can Anna not do this and tell others about him? For us, if we have encountered Jesus and call him Lord... How can we not tell others about him? For Anna and Simeon, their joy is found in finally seeing the arrival of God's king. After years and years and years of waiting. And that led to praise and thanksgiving, and it totally makes sense. However, we're in a different situation to them, aren't we? Because we have not had to wait. We've already seen that Jesus would be born as the Messiah. In fact, we, we've seen even more than Simeon, because we've seen that Jesus would go to the cross and to the grave, that he would rise and he would ascend into heaven. But as those who live after Jesus' coming, we're in danger of something, of taking this privilege for granted. We don't have to wait for the coming of God's Messiah in the same way, but here's the thing. He's still just as special for us. And this is the great joy of reading the Old Testament as Christians. It helps us appreciate the magnitude of who Jesus is. So think back to our illustration from earlier. If you were to bump into someone famous, like Brayton Astor or some other famous person, and not recognize them, it doesn't really matter. It might feel a bit foolish, but nothing really changes. 
But if you were to encounter God's Messiah and not recognize or appreciate who he is, then this is a terrible tragedy. What fools we are if we have the very plans and purposes of God on hand and we don't plunge into them. So why not start that Bible reading plan for 2019? Why not sign up for Intro to the Bible or PTC? Why not check out books like God's Big Picture by Vaughan Roberts and others? Then, like Simeon, praise God. Like Anna, proclaim Jesus. But even more. Paying attention to the pages of both the New Testament and the Old Testament. And this is how we grow in our thankfulness for God's Messiah. It's by seeing God's hand at work throughout the scriptures that we avoid the error of taking the gospel for granted. It's by being immersed in God's word that we'll be gripped by who Jesus is and what he has done and be led to tell others about him. And so we finish by answering our question from the start. What is so special about this child? He is the culmination of Old Testament prophecy. He is the climax of God's plans and purposes. He is the fulfillment of all God's promises. As Paul puts it, every one of God's promises is yes in him. This is why this child is so special. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise and thank you for the Lord Jesus. Thank you that all your promises are yes in him. And that from the beginning of time, you had planned to save a people through your Messiah. We pray, Father, that you would grow us in our recognition and appreciation of who he is, so that we might be led to praise and to proclamation. And we pray this in his name. Amen.